Feeling hungry? Today, we're baking a souffle. Now start by preheating your oven to 37 degrees Celsius. Thankfully, we've got a baking mix containing the exact proportions of sodium, calcium, and magnesium that we'll need for this recipe. The box reads, just add potassium. So we'll need to whisk three and a half to five milliequivalents of our favorite electrolyte into the mix. Finally, bake on conduction mode for 20 minutes and voila! You've made yourself one heart-healthy souffle. But be sure to follow the recipe carefully, especially when measuring out the potassium. Add too much and your souffle will certainly deflate, or worse, fibrillate. Today, our patient has hyperkalemia and you are the doctor. Welcome to The Internet Work, a podcast made by internal medicine residents meant to serve you better on the wards and on call. Today's episode is titled In, Shift, Out. Okay, time for a minute physiology. 98% of our total body potassium resides intracellularly. The remainder exists extracellularly, with normal serum levels ranging between 3.5 to 5 milliequivalents per liter. Maintaining serum levels within this narrow range depends on an intricate balancing act. To conceptualize potassium homeostasis, it helps remember the mantra in, shift, out. First, potassium comes into our bodies mainly through our diet, although in healthcare settings it may also be given as a medication orally or intravenously. Next, potassium may shift in and out of cells by physiologic or pathologic means. Physiologically, three processes shift potassium between the intracellular and extracellular space, sympathetic nervous system activity, acid-base disorders, and insulin. Pathologically, potassium is released into the circulation whenever cells burst, that is, blood cells in hemolysis, muscle cells in rhabdomyolysis, and tumor cells in tumor lysis syndrome. Finally, potassium moves out of our body via the gut and the kidney, where much of the fine-tuning of potassium excretion happens at the distal nephron. To remember potassium homeostasis, just repeat this mantra, in, shift, out. All right, so now that we've talked about the basic physiology, let's talk about the approach. Hyperkalemia can predispose patients to fatal arrhythmias, so the first step in assessing a hyperkalemic patient is to always ensure they're stable. You know the drill. Check their ABCs and vital signs. Next, order an EKG and look for arrhythmias, peak T waves, a wide QRS, or flattening P waves. If the hyperkalemia is very severe, you may see a sinusoidal wave pattern on the EKG. If your patient is hemodynamically unstable, severely hyperkalemic with a potassium above 6, or has any of the EKG changes just mentioned, they'll need much more urgent management. This will be described later in the podcast, but be sure to find and notify your senior immediately. Once you've ensured your patient is stable, you can now explore the cause of their hyperkalemia. Here, we return to the mantra of in, shift, out. Number one, potassium in. For excess potassium intake, review your patient's medications and intravenous fluids for supplemental sources of potassium. Note that excess potassium intake doesn't typically cause a problem in patients with healthy kidneys. Only in patients with renal dysfunction will excess intake easily cause hyperkalemia. Number two, potassium shifting out of the cells. 
Rule out metabolic acidosis by ordering a blood gas and bicarbonate level. Review the medications again for recently initiated beta blockers. Then consider whether a pathologic process could be causing cellular breakdown and potassium release. Again, think of blood cell, muscle cell, and tumor cell breakdown in the appropriate clinical context. Number three, potassium out. Impaired renal excretion of potassium is a common cause of hyperkalemia. Order a creatinine level to assess for acute or chronic renal dysfunction. Review the patient's medications one more time for agents that inhibit potassium excretion through the renin-angiotensin-aldosterone system, like ACE inhibitors, angiotensin receptor blockers, and potassium-sparing diuretics. Just as hemolysis can occur within a patient, it can also occur during or after drawing blood from a patient. Fist clenching, tight tourniquets, and mechanical trauma while puncturing a vein are common causes of red cell breakdown that will falsely elevate potassium levels, and these labs are often reported as hemolyzed samples. If you order a repeat potassium and it returns to normal without any intervention, consider pseudohyperkalemia as the cause. To be safe, however, approach every elevated potassium level as a matter of urgency. hyperkalemia. For severe, symptomatic, or unstable hyperkalemia, use calcium gluconate to stabilize the heart against life-threatening arrhythmias. As a temporizing measure, shift potassium into cells with 50% dextrose followed by 10 units of intravenous regular insulin. To lower total body potassium stores, administer oral sodium polystyrene sulfonate, also known as KXLate, an ion exchange resin often combined with lactulose to increase gut excretion of potassium. Note that a major contraindication to KXLIT is obstructive bowel disease due to case reports of bowel necrosis. If your patient is also volume overloaded, consider using furosemide for both diuresis and potassium excretion. Finally, hold or discontinue any sources of potassium supplementation or any medications that may be worsening the patient's hyperkalemia. One last takeaway. For severe hyperkalemia that's refractory to the pharmacologic management just described, your patient may require urgent hemodialysis. Now would be the time to call nephrology and have them involved. So, our mantra of in, shift, out works too for the management of hyperkalemia. Hold any sources of potassium intake, shift the potassium into cells with insulin, and don't forget the glucose to avoid hypoglycemia, and move the potassium out of the body with KXLIT or dialysis. Thank you for listening to today's episode entitled In, Shift, Out. This episode was written by Dr. Clara Liu, internal medicine resident, and reviewed by Dr. Seychelle Johanna, nephrologist, and Dr. John Neary, general internist. This episode was recorded and produced by Allison Lai. The Internet Work series was created by Allison Lai and managed by Zara Morali and Leah Karyanopoulos. Music and sound production by Lakshman Vizantha Mohan. If you like this podcast, please like and subscribe at wherever you get your podcasts. This is The Internet Work, and please tune in again soon.